seven o'clock. Welcome to New Freedom and welcome to, to Position of Neutrality. We wanna thank you guys all for being here. As, as you can see, I do not look like Joe. There's a good reason for that, I am not Joe. <laughs> What's that? There you go. All right, so we're gonna start like we always do and get Chapley to give us a prayer. If you could all come on and stand to your feet all over the world. All right, welcome. As I welcome you, we also want to welcome the Lord. Father, tonight we thank you again for another opportunity to yet be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this night as we can all come together to hear that thing that is needed for us to make it in life. We need to hear from you. We need to recognize the power that's down on the inside of us. And we give you all the praise in advance for tonight's teachings of what you're going to give us. We ask you tonight, Lord, that you will use the manservant that you have standing in the place of Joe. And we know that Brother Wayne is well capable and very ready to deliver what you have for him to bring. So we thank you for each and every one that has come from miles around and those that are here as members. We ask you, Lord, that you'll just have your way tonight. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We give you all the praise in advance for what you're about to do in the hearts and the souls of each and every one here. We give you all the glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. 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 Well, thank you, chap. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So just to dispel any rumors about New Freedom's demise, Joe, Justin, and Kyle are all in Philadelphia sp spreading the message of New Freedom and letting the entire nation know at a um, national conference what we're doing here at New Freedom. So let's give them a shout out and make sure they can hear us. And, 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 I'm gonna tell you guys a secret real quick. A real secret real quick. Can you guys hear me okay? I think Brian's trying to fix it. What do I need to do? Bring it up closer? We had it all set. Is that better? All right, there we go. All right, so I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret too. Today is Joe's birthday, so on the, yeah. So on the count of three, Let's tell Joe happy birthday all the way in Philadelphia. How's that? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Joe! Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's make sure the guys and, and the girls over here at Perryville and Douglas and, and Kingman and Yuma can all hear you guys too. Let them know you got a place for them here. That was kind of cool. I guess we better jump right in, shouldn't we? Is there, have I missed anything? Where'd Brian go? He usually tells me if I miss stuff. All right, there he is. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start a little bit like Joe does and say, uh, you might experience us a little bit differently than you have experienced other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. Uh, the reason for that is that we intend for you to have a different experience. Um, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? Because it works. The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts to alcohol 
and other substances, right? And what we do here at Position of Neutrality is we don't try to tell you what the book says to you, because what the book says to you is really none of my business. I'm gonna tell you how I find my experience in the book, and hopefully we can have a spiritual experience here tonight if we've both done our jobs. Sound fair? Yeah. All right, you guys are the best group ever. <laughs> I'm loving it. I might have to keep taking my glasses off because I'm not sure about the thing here, but we'll, we'll figure it out. If we, <laughs> if we are painstaking about, that's gonna pop on me, you guys. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be, be amazed before we are halfway through. I'm always struck by the word painstaking right there. What does painstaking mean? We're taking pains to do something. It means we have to be pay attention to it. It means I have to work at it, right? And we would be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. What's the new mean? Joe always points it out. Never before seen, right? Never something we've ever had too. New Freedom was, was named after this, this little bit right here. Because we want, want people to experience a new freedom, something that they've never experienced before. And that's, that's been my experience, right? We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Why are we not gonna regret the past, right? Because I've learned by this point, by the time that I get halfway through, that that's my purpose in life. My purpose is to use my past to benefit my brother and my sister. Amen. <laughs> right? That's the most important part. We're going to talk about it in step 12. But we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. How do we comprehend serenity and know peace? Right. We have an experience. We just know it. I heard a preacher one time talk about it's just something you know in your knower. You just know in the deepest part of yourself, you experience it. No matter how far down the, down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. It kind of goes back to that same thing, right? We're using our experience to benefit those that we're trying to help, helping his children in this world. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Isn't that, a, that's a great promise, isn't it, you guys? I didn't know I felt useless, really. I didn't know that I was self-pitying. I, uh, I, and, I, and I just, I was thinking about this morning, self-pity is that spot when, when that person over there does something, I think it's about me, right? They change the law, it's about me. Anybody else relate to that at all? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It has to be about me because the world revolves around me. And, and truthfully, I'm coming to realize I don't, I only think about me as much as, well, <laughs> nobody thinks about me as much as I think of myself, right? Any of us, any of us do. Um, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Did any of you guys realize it was happening as it was happening? It took me a minute. It was kind of when I got to the other side of it that, that, that I realized, oh, I'm not feeling self-pity. I'm, I'm not really thinking about myself as much as I used to. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm still human, right? <laughs> but our whole attitude, and I read that already, didn't I? Fear of people and of economic insecurity uh, will leave us. 
fear of people has definitely left me. I think, I, I, I don't know if I should tell this story here or not, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna a little bit, you know what I mean? I feel like the fear of economic insecurity left me when I was spending every penny that I had on dope while I was in prison. You know what I mean? And, you know, having to borrow indigent soap. Anybody else ever have to do that, right? I mean, I used right up until the day I left, guys. I, you know what I mean? I'm not proud of that necessarily, but that's what I did because I didn't know how to stop using. And, and living like that really made me able to live on, you know, like 100 bucks a week when I first got out. I don't know. And God stretched it. Trust and believe. I didn't go without, but I didn't have enough. And I knew that every, every day when I first, first was released. You know, wishing for a place like New Freedom, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Struggling. Um, where am I at? We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us power. power. There we go. Yeah, when we say God, you say power. There we go. We like that. I think I skipped us. Did I skip? We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. I messed up. I can't see a little bit. I'm going to have to figure this out. But... I, I put that, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll get through it, you guys. We'll get through this together. We will get through this together. Will you, well, I love you guys too. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. At. I put that on a treatment plan when I first, when I first got out and was going to therapy. But I, and I didn't know what it meant. It just, it's what popped into my head as I did it. And today I know that the right answer will come. Right? We're going to talk about the disciplines here in a minute and the practices that we're going to do, right? But, but now that I'm doing that, I, I do can just handle situations that used, to, that used to just completely, you know, just leave me stymied. It wouldn't send me out to use. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us. Let's try that again. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? Oh, I thought I was going to give it a response. They absolutely are big and extravagant promises, right? We're a little hyperbolic as, as alcoholics as a, as a class, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, these are states of being Joe always likes to point out, right? These are, these are things that we experience. We have to feel it. We have to know it because if we don't, we're not going to know that it's real. We're not going to know in our knower that these changes have been taking place in our lives. At least that's true for me. I wish I could, I wish I'd been able to uh, explain it. I wish I could explain the magic that goes on, but I just can't. And I think that's the magic of it, right? <laughs> uh, they are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they will always materialize if we work for them. That's my part, right? That's my part. We're the hands and feet of God. Power. 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 <laughs> there we go. Very good. We're the hands and feet, right? This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. When did we learn to take personal inventory? Step four, right? Is this the spot, Sean, where I'm supposed to say that you and Joe have an argument over it? No, this is not that spot. All right, I got confused. I wasn't sure. He's <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's fair. I've always been able to take your inventory, right? I could always tell you if you were being selfish or, you know, dishonest or whatever, right? And not being able to see it in myself. 
we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. This is just one more instance where it's evident that this is a manner of living, right? These are disciplines and, and practices that we're putting in place so that we can live a better life, so that we can serve those people in our lives that, that need help, right? We've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Understanding of what and effectiveness at what? Understanding of ourselves, other people perhaps, as we become more and more informed in the spirit. Who knows, there's probably no wrong answer here, but I seem to know more now than I did at the beginning. Um, and effectiveness just to at what? Carrying the message, helping other people, right? No matter what that looks like. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. One more instance where it's saying it's a matter of living. It's going to take. For, it's going to take forever. I always think about Joe said one time. Our sanctification, or uh, our, our justification, is instant, but our sanctification is something that is progressive. It's something that we walk into. I would like to be perfect overnight, but I am not going to be. I mean, unfortunately, I wish there was a switch. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. This, these are those disciplines, right? The principles that we're talking about. When these crop up, we ask God at once. Power. power. I've messed up. That was me. We ask God power. at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. Watch, ask, discuss, turn. As we walk through, watch through our days, these are the disciplines. This is what we want to, this is how we're be more effective to the world around us, right? Because we're watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them at once. <laughs> I, never, I never pause like Joe does. I got to learn to pause, don't I? <laughs> Uh, and then we, we discuss them with, with someone else, right? In the beginning, that can be, a, you know, a friend, our support systems, anybody that we're talking to. But as time moves on, and hopefully by the time we get, get all the way through this and work with other people, that discussing with another person is the Holy Spirit that's living in us. Ooh, I shouldn't do that. Brian's going to yell at me on that one. <laughs> and then we turn our thoughts to who we can help next. Uh, love and tolerance is our code. We love, love the alcoholic, tolerate their behavior. But everyone's behavior, right? It's not, just, it's not just the alcoholic. I try to tolerate everyone's behavior as we go through it. I mean, we always think about that. The, 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 you know, people in our own group, people in our own thing, but we really should be loving and tolerant towards all. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. I, I've always been struck by the, the even alcohol part. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, oh, and even alcohol, right? We're supposed to be walking through the world with less struggle and less everything. And alcohol is just an aside kind of that we just quit using by this point, right? Because the goal of 12-step recovery is spiritual awakening, right? It's to wake up. It's not, abstinence is just a happy byproduct of 12-step recovery, right? 
for this time, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we will recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. So this is where I have to tell another story, <laughs> where I learned that there was even a 12-step or a 10-step promise, right? So I, I was I was fresh out of I was fresh out of um, MRC. Anybody, you guys know what MRC is? You know, it's a department <laughs> thing run by Department of Corrections, right? A treatment center, kind of whatever, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's still behind barbed wire. They kept telling us it wasn't prison, but it sure felt like it. And um, I was fresh out, and I was I was working like temp jobs at the um, at the football stadiums and stuff, doing concessions. And I've been there one day, and we once you get inside, you can't go out and smoke. It's not like you're at the game and can you know what I mean sneak a cigarette. But once you're inside, you can't smoke. So it was the end of the night. It was time to go smoke. And I said to I said to somebody else, I said. Um, man, I want to go smoke. And she said to me, well, I got some good smoke back in the hotel room. <laughs> and I thought, well, I don't really want that. I, before, every time before in the past, I would feel this tugging at the pit of my stomach that said, yeah, I really want to go do that, right? I would still say no, at least for a little while, because, well, you know, you're on parole or you're on probation or... I'm living in a halfway house and I could get you aid. So, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna do it the first time. But by time three or four, I probably would have. But I realized very quickly, this was the first time in my life that I truly didn't want to. That tug wasn't there. And I was so happy, I started calling everybody in my life. Everybody that I knew at the time, and was like, oh my God, this just happened. This has to mean something. I don't know what it means, right? And the owner of the halfway house, said to me, he goes, oh, that's the 10th step promise. And I told him he was stupid. There was no such thing as a 10th step promise. That was before I knew there was promises in every step, right? But I realized that I had recoiled as if from a hot flame and it happened without me even knowing it. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. That was true, right? Because where did, where, did where did that new attitude towards liquor come from? from God, from the Holy Spirit. There we go. Yeah, we were on that one. I like that one. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. What is a position of neutrality? It's a state of, there's no positive or negative. It's action, reaction. Our world is cause, effect, action, reaction, all, you know, it's what it is, right? There's negative, there's light, there's dark. It's always, you know, this, this polar opposites of, uh, of things. And we have been placed in a position where none of those things, the laws of this world, we have been raised up above them, right? So we're able to do things. I am an alcoholic, well, meth addict, really, but, <laughs> and I want to, that's what I want to do, right? I, I will do it every single time, no matter what, until something, someone intervenes in my life. We have not sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. Neither are we cocky, neither 
Are, we are neither cocky nor afraid. I messed that one up. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Well, what does keeping, what does keeping in fit spiritual condition look like? Pray, meditate, pray, watch, ask, discuss, turn, right? These spiritual disciplines that we, that we, that we want to talk about. I was, I got sober for a little while and, um, and I was really struggling. I was having a really hard time with, I knew I'd had a spiritual experience. I knew that God had taken, taken away. <laughs> I knew that he had removed it from me. I felt it. I knew it in the moment. And just like, just like with the other thing, I went running across the, 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 the compound at MRC. And I said, oh, my gosh, I think this happened. And someone said, nope, it happened. Own that, right? So I knew it. And so I was very surprised when I was just kerfuffled, as Joe says, using that, <laughs> using that term. I was very kerfuffled, and I knew I was restless, irritable, and discontent, right? And so I called Joe on the phone, and I said, and I broke it all down to him, you know what I mean? I was really looking for someone to co-sign my shit, I think, you know, like we do, right? Just agree with me so I can go, whatever, be miserable, or I didn't know what I expected. I don't know what I wanted to do. I didn't think I wanted to use until the day that I did, but Joe said to me, he says, um, you just gotta get back to your disciplines. And I was like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? I smiled and nodded at Joe sitting at the living room in my halfway house, right? Because I was too afraid to admit that I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. I mean, I felt like I should know you know, but I didn't have any idea that what he was talking about was watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I wasn't praying. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't listening to God. I was going through the motions. Power. <laughs> I was going through the motions, but, but I wasn't employing those disciplines in my everyday life. It is, oh, it talks about that next. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. That's it. That's God planned that one, didn't he? God planned that one, didn't he? Power. Power. When we say God, it is easy to let up on the program of spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. It's when we just forget what we're doing, when we don't employ our disciplines. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. It's a, it's a very, so, so is math. It's subtle too. It was, <laughs> yeah. And you know, they always say, they always tell you in treatment, you're sitting in, the, your disease is in the back of your head doing push-ups, just ready for the day you're going to. And I, I think I feel that sometimes. You know what I mean? Because I literally, when I relapsed, I went from having a place to live and a job, making pretty good money, to in less than 13 hours, I was homeless and didn't have a job. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I said, holy, mm, all right, God, I feel you. It took four more months for me to get back. Thank God. <laughs> I keep not planning that, but. <laughs> we are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. We got a spiritual malady, guys. So we can only be cured by a spiritual solution. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. Why? It's our mission. It's our, 
Yes, to help and serve others. Uh, how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. Joe always likes to point out that right here where there's an illusion still that there's any will apart from God's. But one of my favorite things that Joe says is there's, there's God's will and my opposition to it. <laughs> there's power's will and my opposition to it. You know what I mean? Like that's as, as if there is anything other than, than God's will. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to get in line with it so I'm a little happier walking through it. These thoughts, uh, these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of our will. Right? We, once, we're awakened, once we're awakened, we can begin to use our brains. Right? We can begin to, to, to align our will with God's and we get happier. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. Uh, you, you know, go backwards and say God when we say power. <laughs> if we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious, power conscious. Isn't that true? As we begin to, as we begin to seek God, as we, be, as we begin to seek him, he makes himself known and evident in our lives and the way that he works. Is that true for you guys? I mean, it's been true for me every step of the way. We've begun to, de uh, did I say it? We've begun to develop this sixth vital sense, but we must go further, and that means more action, right? I, this just occurred to me right now, too, this vital sixth sense. I'm, 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 I just started my master's in social work, and, uh, and one of the things that they're talking about is this multidimensional stuff, right? And they're, they're, they're beginning to, to realize that the spiritual dimension of a person's life is really what, what makes it holistic, right? I don't know if that's the sixth sense or not, according to them, but it just made me think about that's, what, that's what's important, right? We all, we're beginning to know scientifically that there's a spiritual dimension to our lives. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Have we started praying before this point, right? Yeah, we hope so, right? We've got a third step prayer and a seventh step prayer, and we got all kinds of prayers that we've been saying. And hopefully, I mean, my very first sponsor told me, "Well, just pray in the morning and pray at night." You know, I mean, Joe always says we don't. God don't care about prayers that we don't care about. God doesn't care about prayers we don't care about. And uh, God, come on, you want to say it? There we go. Yeah, I'll play your game, Robert. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know where I was going now. I messed that one up. <laughs> we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So that's where when Joe says that. Wow, you guys jumped the gun on that one. <laughs> uh, we should have been practicing it at this point already. What well, should have? We, we you know, have been practicing it, doing that kind of stuff, right? Third step prayer. God, God direct my thinking. Show me what to do. How can I help people? Whatever it looks like for you, right? God knows how you talk. Listen, I was talking to God the other day, and 
that's fair. It's all right. I like it. <laughs> um, I was praying the other day, and, 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 and I don't even remember what I was talking about, but I went, you know, God, I just, I just, I just fucking don't like that person. <laughs> and, and so God knows how we talk, you guys. Talk to him how you talk to him. It would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Why should we not be vague? I think, for some reason, I feel like I need to speak on that for a minute. Why should we not be vague about it? Because God doesn't care about prayers you don't care about, right? But I think so, too, that we don't want to water down what we're saying, right? I think it's important, especially by this time, especially when we're talking to new people, we want to t stress the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of what we're doing here, right? We do God a disservice. We do them a disservice. We do the people that we're working with and the people that we're trying to help a disservice if, we, if we're vague on this matter. Right, <laughs> right, good point, yeah. I'm aligning my experience with theirs. They said it too, <laughs> you're right. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Uh, did we used to uh, destructively review our days and the people days, people's days that we used to, you know, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? You know, watch, ask, discuss, turn. We're going back to that, right? Have we kept something? Uh, do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves, which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Right? These are questions. We're supposed to be introspective, look at, looking into ourselves and asking ourselves those questions, right? That's what the authors did. Right. Uh, I lost my spot, you guys. What could, uh, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? Because there's the point again, right? I'm relooking, re reviewing what we did for that day so that we know what to do better next time. Was I helpful to all? But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. And that's the point right there. We want to be as useful to everyone as possible. Maximum, it tells us that in a minute, doesn't it, Sean? We're to be fitted to maximum service. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taking, right? The authors are telling us, right, that we're asking God to direct our thinking, right? On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. What happened in between? We slept. Filled with inspiration, right? God talks to us in dreams and visions and, and all those things, and he does a lot of times when we sleep. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God 
to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. <laughs> right? And that's, we're going back to it too, right? Once we're in an awakened state, we want, God wants our will to be aligned with his. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. And that just happens naturally as well too, right? It just changes and happens. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. Is Tyler here tonight? Doesn't he always say, if you're struggling, you're doing it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> right? If we're struggling, we're doing it wrong. We relax and take it easy. You know, when we pray to God to show us what we're doing, and power, <laughs> when we pray to be shown what to do for the next day, we're going to ask, we're going to ask, this is what the authors are saying, we're, we're going to ask God to show us who we can help in our day as we go along. But we have to be quiet and listen to, right? That's when the, that's when the uh, intuitive thoughts come. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still in experience and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not... <laughs> Sorry, let's try that again. <laughs> you did, I lost my spot. Being still experiencing and just having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we were going to be inspired at all times. We want to be inspired at all times, isn't that true? We might pray for this presumption, all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Listen, I used to pick people up under the bush. Joe used to ask me, where'd you get this one from? <laughs> Brian's got his hand up. <laughs> and I just thought it was the best idea, and I would have argued with you and told you that God wanted me to do it. He did not in every instance, right? I had some real absurd actions and ideas. <laughs> You know, and sometimes the absurd actions and ideas really aren't that absurd, right? It's the ones that God told us to do. You, got, you guys are sitting in one, and everyone on, on the planet told, 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 told Joe and them, and them guys that what, they, what they were doing was crazy. We might, and nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Uh, we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We'll get it, right? When we ask God, he'll give them to us. Power. We ask especially for freedom from self-will because we're trying to align our will with God, so we're going to do that. And we are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. Why not? Because it's selfish, right? Selfish is self-centeredness. <laughs> Thanks. I need your help, buddy. <laughs> uh, 
careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. Because that's what we're doing. It's all about helping other people. Right? That's what they're saying. That's the magic. That's the key. Uh, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that. It doesn't work. You can easily see why. We can easily see why. When we're praying for the wrong things, it's just the wrong things happen. We don't get in line with God's will. <laughs> if circumstances work, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. Then we don't want to pressure them, right? Joel always says we want, to, we want to walk with the people in our lives out, right? We want to walk out and they'll follow us afterwards. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select a few and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. We, we like to point out too, don't stop your, doing your AA practice in favor of your religious practice. Do both. Right? Make sure you do both. They're separate. They're different. Uh, there are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. I, I mean, I think that's how a lot of us start out, just saying prayers that we don't necessarily know what mean, and we don't, we don't, we don't, but we just start. Because God will meet us where we're at and take us, and take us from there and lead us by the hand. Uh, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Notice how they said where, not that religious people are, are right. Because there's, you know, there's the church is, I love the church. I was raised in the church, you know, but the church was harmful and hurtful. And I'm sorry for that if anybody has gone through that as like I did. You know what I mean? But going through this has really allowed me to to know God's love in a way that I never, never thought possible. As we go through the day, we pause when doubtful or agitated. Pray, meditate, pray. And ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves that we're no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. Notice how, notice how the delusion or illusion <laughs> that 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 there's any will apart from God's has gone by this point. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. Once, once our will is aligned with God's... Power. <laughs> Power. <laughs> once our will is aligned, then we're not... We're just less angry for some reason. It just is the way it works, right? <laughs> this is what the authors testified to, and it's been our experience as well. Uh, we become much more efficient. We do not tire so e easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. I noticed that too. I, I, that was my experience as well. That I, I wasn't worried. Did, did you guys get in the thought storms, right? Where you're just thinking about the what is and the I, I could have done this better, or if I, you know what I mean? I should have said this to that person, and it starts just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, right? That just burns up so much energy. It just takes a lot. It just it takes a lot. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. Is that kind of an understatement? So we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. 
What's the simple way they just outlined, right? We're talking about the principles. Watch, ask, discuss, turn. Watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. Discuss them with another. And resolutely turn our thoughts to another, right? Pray, meditate, pray. All throughout the day. Pray without ceasing. Another book says, same thing though, right? But this is not all. There is action and more action. There's always a little more action. <laughs> There's always a little more action, right? It's a book of action, right? Where faith is observable actions. It's, we can see it. We know it, right? Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12, working with others. I got done a little early, you guys. <laughs> but thanks for coming. Joel will be back next week. Awesome. Did the doctor knew that? That was awesome. <sighs> hey, buddy. Bye -bye.